This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? Richie from Post America Podcast. We're back. We just had the Halloween episode with our homie Biggie. He laid out his favorite horror movies. You heard it. A lot of uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of disagreements, but Biggie doesn't care. He likes what he likes. And today, another special because of the climate we're in, how crazy things are. One of the biggest elections in uh, generations turnout so far crazy we're recording this a few days before the election and hopefully we'll throw this up the day of the morning of and if we have any predictions we'll see how it goes but today we have a special guest good friend of ours let's call him Derek and Derek is a uh, he's an inside guy lives in Washington DC studied political science and he's still doing his thing and I don't want to give up too much because he you know I don't know what he can freely say or not, we'll find out while we talk to him. But Derek, how you doing? Richie, Richie, how's it going? Making me sound way cooler than I am. I appreciate no, that. This, I can't tell these people what's going on with you. <laughs> everybody will be hitting you up afterwards. Tell me what's going on with this. Tell me what's they going will. on with that. They do that anyways. They do that anyways. You're, yeah, I heard. No, you're said to be a Nostradamus of political affairs. That, that's true, way true yeah, I'll take that. I mean, it's a podcast, so uh, okay. I just want everyone people, to listen. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Let them know. Let them I know. want them cool. to know how what an important figure <laughs> we have. Like this is a special thing. Usually, me, Chris, Matt, Joe, we talk, and we, it, it, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. Unfortunately, most of the time, the Chris but is a smart man. Chris might is. ten times more than I do. Well, maybe about something that's ten thousand years old, but <laughs> that's you know. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah. valid. Chris, Very Chris, valid. Yeah, Chris keeps up with politics. Me, I, I, I do like politics. I treat it like sports. You know, I watch. You know, always. I'm always into it. Uh, Mad Joe, not so much, but a little bit. But now we could talk serious, and we're days away from what potentially is. Is this the biggest uh, election? Do you expect the biggest turnout in in history? So it's funny you mentioned that in the intro, and it's I can't help but think mm-hmm. every four years that's that's all you hear on the news is this this is the biggest election of our lifetime of our generation, and it feels like that every single time. And and I do believe that this is uh, the biggest election um, of at least my generation. Um, yeah. You know, mid twenties, you know, going into the thirties, um, just because the the difference in the um, not just the candidates, but the difference in the citizens of the country and, and where we stand as citizens, not politicians. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I definitely think it is. Yeah, we always hear the politicians saying that to kind of like dramatize the whole situation, like every, like, you know, entice people to vote. But right. simple turnout of the last election, which both candidates said was the biggest of a lifetime, the turnouts weren't so great. If I, from what I understand, I could be wrong of the 2016. Do you know about yeah. that? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I think they can be the biggest election of our life cycle and have two candidates that people just can't relate to, don't necessarily believe in trust, et cetera. Like, like we saw in 2016. Um, 
and you can see an election like this where turnout is is enormous already um and there's not a lot of engagement with one of the candidates right there's you know yeah. donald trump has an enormous base that's very engaged joe biden doesn't um but you're seeing uh, the american people get engaged against one person um and that's i think what is really driving this enormous voters voter turnout is is trump's base and then the 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 anti-trump um demographic yeah like recently what i heard is so far between uh mail-in ballots and early voting 91 million so for over 91 million yeah that's so that's insane which is great it shows that um it shows that you give people easier ways to vote and they're gonna do it um yeah, I mean, states states in this country have been doing mail-in voting for all of its citizens for, for years. And um, I don't know the specific ones off the top of my head, but they've been doing that for years. You know, the military is able to do that for obvious reasons. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's, there's, in my opinion, some misinformation in regards to that. And, and, and there's this fear of, of voter fraud. Um, and that's not necessarily been proven to be true. Yeah, we have both candidates kind of... Uh or at least their parties and the uh, the people behind them are kind of painting it as the, you know, the Republicans surely are painting it as Democrats trying to cheat somehow. And the Democrats are saying that the Republicans are trying to suppress votes. And sure. with, with, in your opinion, is there a legitimate reason for either of those things on either side, like a, a good a good case that either one could have? Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking from my personal opinion, I think the one thing the common citizen, um, I hope, can gain from this conversation that we have is that, that many things can be true at once, right? Like, um, is there uh, nefarious people out there that are uh, filling out ballots that aren't theirs? I'm sure there is. Um, is there groups of people that are suppressing vote because they know that certain demographics typically and statistically don't vote for their party or their ideals. Absolutely. Um, where I think the government's role in this is just a stronger and more competent government to root out the potential for fraud. Cause there isn't even an enormous statistic evidence that there is voter fraud, um, especially with, with mail-in ballots. Um, so I think, you know, and you have you have two parties: one that believes in small government, one that believes in big government. Um, but when you know you see in the Trump administration that he he's his populist movement of anti-government, of incompetent government, um, but he's not doing anything to really fix that. Um, and there's a lot of different things that, that he's done. You know, even within the last week that we can get into that, if he believed that this voter fraud was legitimate and real, what's he doing to fix it, other than just talking about it? to the American people and stoking fear. Um, I would want to know what he's doing if I was a Trump supporter, besides just telling me this is wrong. This is, uh, this is going to have too many people voting uh, with, with incredulous nature. Um, he's not doing anything to fix that. Yeah. I always find it odd that he, uh, his supporters kind of give him a, uh, they cut him a lot of slack being that he has potentially a lot of power to do, to lock all these people up that he accuses of being criminals and at least investigate them. And, you know, he comes a, a, across so many criminals where he calls them criminals, but then he never, 
like makes the next move. You know, I'm all for right. locking up a an old school politician if they if they've done wrong. <laughs> I was excited to see Hillary go down if if she did anything, but it just seems it never happens. Like, is, is it just like empty gestures from this guy? I, I think so, and I think you have a, a a corporate executive and in the private sector and businesses, people that were in Donald Trump's shoes had what we would call a concentrated amount of power. Right, everything goes through Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. The founders of this country that the Republican Party uh, loves to tote and admire, which is great, um, they didn't want that for our government. Our government's not set up to be like a company, um, so he doesn't have all the power. You know, he has to go through Congress, and, and you're seeing uh, his inability to make deals. So he runs executive orders, but then you see the illegality in his executive orders because they're all stuck in courts, um, and the courts are getting shut down. So. You know, when I when I talk to Trump supporters and, and we have friends that are, are, are a lot of friends that are Trump supporters, you know, they really speak and they defend the emotional connection to Donald Trump and, and not from uh, a weird romantic standpoint, but they believe that this man's fighting for them. Um, and, and it's really I have yet to have a really in-depth policy conversation with a Trump supporter um, other than his trade deals. And, and those are things that that. Um, you know, I personally think he's done done well for the country on that. But everything else from domestic policy to uh, immigration policy, all kinds of stuff, it's it's hard for Trump supporters to really uh, articulate specific things that he's done. Yeah, his trade deals were uh, similar to uh, plans that his one-time opponent, Bernie Sanders, had, no? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's uh, super fascinating that you can bring that up. Um, you know, the big talk in regards to, and I'm, I'm not involved in policy. I really study government and, and, and how government programs are administered after they become policy. Um, but a lot of like the policy kind of nerds that, that are in school with me and talk that we talk about in regards to the, the climate that we're in, they view it more like a horseshoe. Whereas in the past in history, right, there was a line and you've got the far left and the far right, you've got the Bernie Sanders and the Donald Trumps, but it's more like a horseshoe now. So you bend those two ends down. And you've got the center where there's, you know, the, the Joe Bidens and, and the moderates. But now you look and you see the Donald Trumps and the Bernie Sanders are actually much closer together because they're both populist movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, that's why I think you saw a lot of Bernie supporters that did vote for Trump in, in 16. Um, I don't think that will be the case now. Um, but, but that horseshoe, if you can visualize that, um, kind of explains why a lot of those kind of populist politician ideals are the same uh, from both sides of the aisle. Yeah, that's a good image. I could picture that. It's right. kind of like, uh, you know, especially on certain policies, they they do share similar perspectives, you know, especially. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I liked about Bernie was because I did like Bernie and I, I kind of I, and before Bernie, you know who I liked? I liked uh, Ron Paul just it, because. Yeah about honesty i felt like i I maybe i don't feel like this guy's going to be able to get through everything he thinks he can but i do feel like everything he's doing is coming from a sincere place and he is an honest man and i felt that about ron uh, ron paul and bernie sanders it just paul yeah ron paul i saw a good friend of ours michael from charlotte north carolina reading uh ron paul's conservatism very popular right-wing book 
So, yeah, quick, he, quick has, he, has some, he has some goofy stuff, and Bernie <laughs> has some goofy stuff. You know, like yeah. I can't say I agree with either of them completely, but how could that ever even be possible if I sat down and read every idea they had? But I felt like at least they were honest men, and that's kind of hard to come by, you know, an honest individual in, in politics, especially that level of politics at this point, like household name politicians. Right. So, right. yeah, I give, uh, I give, uh, Trump some props on the uh, the trade deals and uh, outside of that, yeah, it's kind of you know you could mention his uh, reforms at the uh, prison reform or what's the bill? Everybody seems to be excited about the one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he has that? had some prison reforms. That wasn't even that big of a deal, but it was nice. Right. So yeah. what you know, what's fascinating about his prison reform is you know his really his relations with uh, the black and brown community. Um, is I, uh, from my interpretation, he does these very face value policies, right? Like mm-hmm. he gave the most funding to HBCUs, um, which is phenomenal. I, I, anybody, any American citizen will, will, will clap for that and, and support that. The challenge is, is that, that he's then refusing to give funding to California schools for teaching more in-depth American history. Yeah. So you have this, this weight of, He's given all this money to the to uh, historically black colleges and universities, but then on the other hand, he's telling a whole state he's going to withhold federal funding if they teach the true histories of slavery in this country. Um, so it's, it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah, that's crazy, especially for a guy from a party that believes so. You know, they they're so into states' rights and and uh, yeah. If California wants to do that, it's kind of uh, like he. he well, how could he yeah. even? How could he do that? Is there, could he legally he withhold, or he just that's kind no, of some of his empty that's threats? That's his mo. That's his mo. Yeah, no. And I think he, you made a good point, and that triggers another point: the climate that we're in with COVID. Um, you know, this administration, other administrations, you know, a lot of administrations politically do this, but you know, he's into states' rights when it benefits mm-hmm. him and his administration. Um, yeah. To, to say that when we're in a, uh, not just a national, but a global public health pandemic, and to say it's the state's responsibilities for testing, PPE, um, acquiring, um, et cetera, say that's, that's not on the, the federal government, that's on the states mm-hmm. to figure that out. But hey, we're going to micromanage every educational program that your states and local governments administer. Wow. The yeah, dichotomy there, right? The disparity in that is insane. Is absolutely insane. Yeah, I'd like to see how uh, that could be justified by a supporter. And you could still be a supporter and say, yeah, in that particular, uh, you know, case, I'm I don't like what he's doing. But it seems like people that are with him are just one hundred percent. Whatever he does, they're with him. But yeah, like that's uh that's hypocrisy right there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's well, he's he's filed bankrupt. The way I try to view it in, in, in layman's terms is. The man's filed bankruptcy countless times mm-hmm. um, from what from all of his business from a lot of his businesses um, from Trump University to 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 more and I I mean he's literally filing bankruptcy on his response to COVID nineteen um, from pretending like it doesn't exist to just saying this isn't my fault I don't have to deal with it let's file bankruptcy and start from scratch let's a, make America great again that. again yeah I mean it's 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 all he knows it's his mo. Damn, um, Joe Biden should be screaming at you. Filed bankruptcy on COVID nineteen, just uh, like you did on your crap businesses. Yeah, man. Wow. Those, yeah, yeah. 
if 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 Trump would let him get that word in, I bet he would. Yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty good. Now check this out. I'm a union guy. Sure. Uh, the other uh, Mad Joe, he's in a union. Our drummer Luke, a lot of union guys up here. Now there's a a big following for Trump w- among union workers, and I'm not sure what they understand about uh, right to work and and. Uh, and his views on that, because he clearly stated he's for right to work. And that kind of that's basically anti-union rhetoric. Right. Uh, and uh, could you do you know what if I'm wrong, like what would make Donald Trump pro-union? Well, he would have to switch all of his economic policies. I'm just Absolutely. saying, is he he's just not pro-union? Am I, I'm not wrong. In from, that. from a policy standpoint, no. No, from a okay. verbiage standpoint, yeah, yeah, he goes out there and, and tells people what they want to hear when they want to hear it. Um, now, this is what I was since we were talking about uh, states' rights, this and that. Like sure. basically, with abortion, you know, that could be right now. It's uh, federally something. Can something happen where it just all becomes illegal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Supreme, no. there's. Yeah, I mean, I can go into as much depth as you want, but yes, the, the short answer well, is just, absolutely. Okay, I'm just getting that out of the way because now, can is it possible federally he can uh, something can happen where right to work becomes a, a federal uh, blanket across the nation? So I'm not as familiar in that, and let me let me revert back. He cannot make abortion illegal. It would have to be the Supreme Court of the United mm-hmm. States that would have to essentially reverse Roe v. Wade. Um, in regards to, to right to work, if it I'm saying up, it could like the, the Supreme Court also, because I, I know the Supreme Court can do that in the, in, you know, in the example of abortion. Couldn't they do that the same way with right to work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would have to essentially a case would have to come up through the federal court system um, and the, a district court would have to hear it. Then that person would have to appeal to the court of appeals. And then there would have to be an inconsistency there, which would give the Supreme Court a reason to pick that case up. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court gets thousands of cases a year. But a that's year, something thousands. like that and the ability to do they that. Could. They, they could. Would love I, to. They could. I would say they would pick up a Roe v. Wade, an abortion case, before they would pick up yeah, yeah, a, a right to work. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but, no, they certainly could. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it clear for some union workers out there. I don't think they know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> But uh, we, we, you know, we're kind of, okay, see, I, I didn't know exactly where you stood uh, as far as your opinion. You just seem to be speaking, you know, about facts as you know them to be. Sure. You're not really giving us, you know, who you would prefer, and that's fine. Maybe later on in, in the talk you will. And by the way, everybody out there, this is, this is a homie. This is a hardcore dude from the scene with a lot of love and, you know, just, you know, he's one of us. So that, even though he sounds smart and a lot of uh, other people in the scene besides myself don't sound real dumb, you know, this guy's more like me, smart, not like the rest of you guys out there. So we're trying to help you guys out there. Open your eyes a little bit. So let's talk about Biden. Now, Biden, he's a career guy. He's been around yep. forever. Uh, Scranton, PA, you know, close to our home. About a, It's about an hour north of where I'm sitting right now in, in our hidden bunker location. And... Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Like, it, it, why do you think the Democrats put him up there? Like, it's, oh, it seems very risky to me. What do you think? So I'll, I'll 
I, I want to correct that verbiage because it really okay. is the American people that put him up there. He won okay. the primary. You're right. You're um, right. You know, um, now, do you think, though, the DNC was pushing for him, though? I don't know. I mean, that's such a, a, a that to me is in the same category of a lot of other conspiracy theories. Um, Fair enough. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some merit to that argument in regards to the way he was treated on debate stages. You know, but, it, you know, I said that there was a, a special election in Kentucky mm-hmm. and it was a with it was for the governor's race. And, and there was a Trump ally that put himself right next to Trump. And then there was a moderate Democrat and the moderate Democrat won by a very small margin because of um, the idiocy that that. Republican governor had displayed over his, his time in office. Mm. Um, and in that moment, I, I, as much as I may have supported other candidates, um, for the democratic primary, um, I knew that it it had to have been Joe Biden. And and I think this time, if COVID has taught, um, us anything, you know, we certainly need, I think, uh, drastic policy reform. Um, but what this, this, last seven months has really showed me is whether you believe in small government as a Republican or big government as a Democrat, um, we can all agree that we need a competent government. Um, and and we're just not seeing that right now. Um, you know, within it specifically within the last seven months, especially, Mm -hmm. um, and Joe Biden being that career guy, um, being someone that has relationships with, with all sides of the aisle, um, it's, you know, whether you agree with him or not, um, or wanted him to be the, the nominee or not, um, I don't know that there would be another shot for anyone else to have beat Donald Trump uh, the way we're seeing mm. the polls right now. I just don't, I don't see as much as I may align with, say, Bernie Sanders. I don't see that um, drastic you think, need uh, for change right now while we're going through, you know, the biggest okay, pandemic so in saying- the century. What people might see from a Sanders type candidate is too extreme, and they want more of uh, what they're used to a, a normality. Sure, I mean, a hundred thousand people the other day got diagnosed with COVID nineteen after two hundred thousand have died, and mm-hmm. and countless jobs have been lost. Uh, you know, the, to me, I got to separate the argument: Do we need uh, reform in healthcare? Do we need reform in immigration uh, policy? Yes, but we need. Th- that's not what people want to hear right now. You know, that's yeah, not what people little, need to hear right now, right? Like it's a hundred thousand people. Yeah. That makes sense. But if we go back in time to 2016, how do you think a Sanders type or Sanders himself uh, would fare out against Trump? Uh, would he do better than Hillary? You think? Yes, absolutely. Unquestionably. It's, I, did I, it seem like a mistake to you at the time back then to, to go with Hillary? Although, you know, uh, you believe it was the choice of, of the voters and, and whatnot, but I think Donna Brazil, she had a, she had a, a book that raised a lot of skepticism about. Yeah, I mean, there there certainly is, and, and you know, I say that with a grain of salt because there's you know gerrymandering and all kinds of voter suppression that's been going on uh, in this country for for decades that impact people that don't look like me. So that when I say that, it comes from certainly a privileged um, perspective. Um, but you know, given the circumstances that that we're in for 2020. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Biden did win those states like South Carolina by an enormous amount. Um, yeah. In 2016, I mean, that brings up so much trauma, I feel like, for a lot of Democrats. I, I think Bernie Sanders would have won. Um, I feel that election. way, too. I feel that yeah. way, too. I thought, like, uh, 
you know what was weird about 2016? Not to go back too much, but the uh, the announcement the FBI made about Hillary, like right before the election, I'd never seen anything like that. That was really, yeah, yeah. For all the people like acting like the FBI is Trump's enemy, I, I mean, he probably that's the uh, he owes them a pat on the back for that whole it, fiasco. It is that was crazy how that worked out right right after Comey uh, basically went on TV for anyone yeah. who forgets and said and yeah, painted Hillary as a really bad person, but we're not going to really do anything, but we want to let everybody know that mm, she's pretty sketchy. And that's, you know, I don't, that's not his exact exact words, but that's definitely the vibe of his whole little uh, surprise appearance right before the election. And right. I know, well, that's how it resonated. That's, yeah. that's exactly how it resonated. I know people personally that didn't vote for her after that because they thought she was going to get locked up because Trump was acting like lock her up, lock you up, going to lock you up. And then the FBI guy goes right before the election, I think 11 days before the election, and says, she's shady. Yeah. Very weird. It was an uh, incredibly weird scenario. And uh, I'm not a legal expert, but that for someone to come out like that in a bureaucratic position and say they're looking into something without saying much more about the investigation to the public. Yeah. Um, yeah. like you come yeah, out when insane. you have, like when you're done, you come out and you, you make an arrest, you make the case, but just to come out. And I, if I, if my memory serves me, right, he even said, we're not going to do anything, right? but, uh, this, you know, it's kind of shady looking and it's like, yep. whoa, that's yep. fucking yeah. crazy. It, it's nuts. Yeah, absolutely. nuts that happened. Um, yeah, you know, and I've been, I think a lot of us have been traumatized from that and are kind of, you know. Uh, hoping this isn't the case, but you know, terrified to see if if that were to happen this time mm -hmm. around too. It's you know, and you saw the same things with the with the Hunter's laptop and the same types of uh, conspiratorial jargon have been spewed. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's. Uh, I don't know. I I think within a matter of a few years, the public won't be able to decipher what's true or false at all like at all because we're already pretty close where i mean it just depends what station you turn on and if you get invested that's it that's you know you're believing what they tell you and then you go sure. to the other one it's a completely opposite opposite ex explanation and then they put an expert on uh, one channel and you oh okay and another expert on another channel says the opposite thing we it's, you don't know what's true or false anymore well you yeah. know to an extent right without doing a lot of homework, you know, pretty soon it's going to be, if things keep on going as they are, it's going to be hard. So that brings me to how do you feel about, you know, a lot of uh, people coming down hard on social media sites, Twitter, banning, uh, canceling certain personalities, blocking certain news articles. Now, does this help because it's stopping false information that is corrupting or is it justifying the conspiratory uh ideology that is growing right now anyway when they see this they feel like aha this is proof that everything i'm i'm talking about is correct they're trying to stop it yeah so i mentioned earlier that, that a lot of things can be true at once and, and both of those are um you know I, I i can't land on an opinion yet and i've thought about this situation a lot because it's it's incredibly interesting to look at um, the Republican Party's response to, to the hearing um, with Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg and, and et cetera the other day. And you got a party of, of politicians that really believe in private companies' rights mm. that are now telling 
up to a point a private company that yeah. that why are you doing this you're you're limiting speech um you know so it, it's a weird dynamic and and if twitter for example to use them is allowed to continue to do this the market eventually will will level itself out and what will happen is is conservatives will then leave twitter and there will be a new twitter for conservatives so we will only spew the divisiveness um and spread it and exaggerate it um so i i don't know what the answer is because yes I, I i hate that that disinformation that's blatant is put out to the masses mm. um yeah but, but i seems, don't know that there's a right like, answer yeah it's like to control it seems to only make it uh you know, more interesting and, and desirable and people flock to it as evidence Correct. just because right. it was, aha, a private company banned this article. You know, they're trying to, you know, fool us and trick us. And it's like, oh. and yeah. listen, I love conspiracy theories. I've been into like when people talk now and I'm hearing them talking like, I, I was looking at that shit 25 years ago, man. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, Alex yeah. Jones. Well, I remember Alex yeah. Jones when he was walking the streets with bullhorns. Like, what do you, yeah. but it's, it's new to a lot of people and it kind of feel like they're being enlightened. You know, to me, it was always just entertainment and I used to love it. And I used to even spew it on people as entertainment to get them crazy. But now I'm like, wow, there's, there's a big portion that believes the stuff that I was having fun with for years and years. And uh, it's it's kind of crazy, man. Like people are bugging out over this shit. Like, in you you live in Washington D.C. You're an inside yep. guy. We, sorry, maybe maybe you said too much already. But what is your what is the climate about all this in Washington D.C. Especially the the Q conspiracy theories that target so many Washington D.C. personalities as criminals and pedophiles and creeps and and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's outlandish and absurd, um, you know, and obviously biased, being fascinated with government and, and the importance of public service and, and the role that government can have an impact on people's lives. Um, you know, it, it's just, I find it outlandish that, you know, someone sent me a video about Dr. Fauci when COVID was, was first getting big in this country and how Dr. Fauci is a crook and corrupt and all these different things. And, you know, I don't know the man, so I can't vouch for him specifically, but for someone to work as hard as they do their whole life and invest a shit ton of money, a shit ton of time, um, just an incredible amount of, of effort to be able to serve the public in that position. Um, you would have to be an incredibly evil human being to, in this country, to spend all that time, effort, money, et cetera, to make a negative impact in that position. When, this country affords you the opportunity if you want to be able to do it in the private sector in a million different ways and to make way more money doing so. Um, so, you know, the federal government is the largest employer, at least in the United States, I'm not, it may be the world. Um, are there corrupt individuals? Sure. Um, but to get away with the type of corruption that a QAnon conspiracy uh, talks about, it, it's unfathomable to me. Um, and, you know, Republican or Democrat federal bureaucrats, um, if they were speaking as, as citizens and not as public employees, I'm sure they would say exactly the same. Uh, you know, th those people are going to jobs just like everybody else trying to do their job, fulfill their organization's mission. Um, if, if there are people that are truly corrupt, it's the ones that are appointed by the president because those are political positions by nature, um, not the ones that are 
civil service positions is what we would call them. Uh, and they're, they're just public servants. They're there to work as hard as they can for Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, no matter who the president is, they're there to, to do their job. Yeah. Now I, I always say to um, people that are consumed with the whole pedophile idea, like if we picked anything, if we picked truck driving and uh, we decided to take cases from the last five years of truck drivers that slept with underage uh, humans and, and uh, were child abusers and sexual predators, and we just put that all of those cases on your desk, you could say, wow, truck driving, yeah. the people within yeah. it, they have a real problem. It's, it's, it's sure. a whole pedophile ring in there. It's this, right. it's that, it's this. So we're going to find the individuals here and there in, in the government that are, you know, fucked up and do fucked up things. But the level that this conspiracy, and I hear 25% of Americans believe it's crazy. It's crazy. That's another one, another, not to cut you off, but that's another one you mentioned earlier. Why isn't the president locking them up like he says he will? Um, the president knows about, about QAnon, um, no matter what he claims. If this was legitimate and he had really evidence to back this up, why is he not doing something about it? If this is legit. That's what I um, tell people. I was like, you got a deadbeat on your hand. If this guy. If this is real, and yeah, he's not I, doing anything. Then you got to hold people, up why yeah. you support him. Right. I say you have three options. He doesn't know. Okay, one option. He does know, but he's not doing anything about it. Or he knows. Wait, wait, I got one option. First option is you know, but he doesn't know. That makes him a deadbeat, right? Like like the average guy at home knows this is going on, but the president of the United States, he doesn't know. The second one is he knows, but he doesn't do anything about it. Wow, that's even worse. And the third is... It's bullshit. He knows it's bullshit, but he uses it slightly to his advantage because he knows his followers love that stuff. Like when he was on the other, he was questioned about it. And he said, oh, I, I don't know much about you, but aren't they against pedophilia? That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like what kind of bullshit? Yeah, it's, it's all political. That's that's the, the politics side and the same now, if thing I he was does consumed, with BLM. If I, yeah, if I was a Q guy at home consumed with this, I'd be like, you got to do something. But they, and, you know. Okay. The the argument is they feel he is secretly doing stuff about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why do you have he's such to, a secretive guy? Why do you have to keep you locking up child molesters a secret? I think everybody right. would be very excited about it. Why right. do you have to keep that a secret? Right. Oh, it's yeah. so crazy. It makes me nuts. It, it is wild. It is wild. But you know, it's it's fascinating that just from a psychological standpoint that people catch on to that, but you know you have the Harvey Weinsteins and Jeffrey Epstein's of the world. And um, there's no QAnon conspiracy for Hollywood. I mean, there's definitely certain uh, conspiracies, but there's no broad um, movement politically to in- investigate Hollywood. Um, I know. Or the Catholic yeah. church. Like, right. Sure. Here it is. You're worried about that type of thing. You, the church is right in front of you with documented yep. cases, uh, right. real, real penalties, real rapes, you know, Thousands of accusations, and you're talking about underground tunnels, and it's just so stupid. This country's shot. It's shot. It is. I will say there, there is, this is you know, underground tunnels. There is some sick underground tunnels under the Capitol building that if Oof. you ever come to D.C., you got to try to try to sneak down there. Um, they got to, from what I hear, because I don't, I've never worked on the Hill before. Uh-huh. Um, but they got a Dunkin' Donuts underneath the Capitol that are only for Congress people. 
And before I die, I got to get some, what are they, those little donuts from Dunkin' Donuts under the Capitol. That's, that's my dying wish. That'd be pretty dope. Another guy that we talk about a lot on the podcast is an inside guy at the Pentagon, a mm. connection we have. And we can't say his name, but he has, uh, he has told me of some very interesting things. There's also an interesting uh, mountain in Pennsylvania that he goes back and forth to. That's uh, like uh, the whole inside of the mountain is a base. Wow. And uh, yeah, I forget the name. I'll, I could say the name because it's on record. It's abandoned. Like people knew it was a base at one time, but from what I'm told, it's still going. Yes. But uh, yeah, this, this stuff is interesting. I love the politics and I got the vibe now. You're not a, a uh, Trump supporter. No, 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 I will not. I, I uh, support the United States of America and obviously the government. Um, but no, as a, as a president, I do not support him. Now, what do you do as a regular guy with a lot of friends who, I mean, not only support the guy, but it's, it's, I call them Trump groupies because they act like groupies. Like a groupie yeah. thinks the person that they like can, is not capable of doing wrong is great. They treat him more of a rock star than a politician. Now, I always thought it was un-American to idolize politicians. I always thought that was like defeated the whole purpose of, you know, of patriotism because they're, they're the people who, we have to always hold accountable no matter what. We can't let personal feelings get in the way. When they do wrong, they do wrong. They have to be called out. When they do right, they don't even deserve praise. They just are, are expected to do right, in my sure. opinion. But it seems these people are infatuated with him and want to adore him with praise constantly. It's, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Now, what do you do for your friends who you, you've known for so long who see something that you see so clearly, but the complete opposite, does that ever get in, in the way of your personal views? Um, definitely doesn't get in the way of my personal views. Um, I'm, I'm very uh, strong willed in, in, in what I believe. Mm. Um, you know, I just try to quit, you know, everyone has, has, you know, a, a policy viewpoint and perspective that comes from typically personal experience and, something you learn, especially living in DC is, is you figure out strategically and in a non-manipulative way, why that person believes what they believe. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned earlier, just the disparities in facts. A lot of these folks that, that, you know, we're friends with and I'm friends with that support the president will only watch one news channel, will only go to one website for the news. Um, and, and while they're seeing that they're seeing that or, or being told that the other side is fake news. Um, so it's really hard to break that barrier. Um, other than just, just questioning and challenging thought processes and, you know, having in-depth discussions. I can't tell you how many times I've spent hours on the phone with, with specific people um, and, and thought something clicked. And then two days later, I see that same person post something about how great the president is on Facebook. Mm. Um, it's and, yeah. Weird, so it's man. tough. But does it's this tough. change your, your, like your position on your, the thoughts of your friends? Do you ever, like, honestly, like we, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but do you ever, like, think, damn, I thought that motherfucker was smarter than this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, here's a good way to explain it. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black Lives Matter mission, mm -hmm. although I don't believe they're separated, if you're being told information, you think the Black Lives Matter movement is something different. So 
I, I will give my friends the opportunity to believe that. And I'll try to, you know, discredit that and give them actual information uh, uh, or at least point them in the direction of information that I may not know. Um, but if you really don't believe that Black Lives Matter, then we, I just can't fuck with you. Like, we can't be friends anymore. Um, gotcha. You know, so from, a, from an ideal standpoint, a policy standpoint, you can support the president of the United States because you believe he's something. Um, but if you really know who this dude is and know what these policies are that, that he's pushing, um, and defend those, then it's a little bit tougher for me, for me to befriend or keep keep being friends with people like that. And and that's a tough one. And that's tough because uh, that's only going to expand and exaggerate the divisive nature that this country is already in. So it's a mm-hmm. tough one. It is tough, isn't it? I mean, I'm a New York City construction worker for over 20 years, so I kind of always knew the what a clown this guy was, you know as you know being in that field like how he was looked at like kind of like he was uh, i don't think people understand when he was young he was like the original paris hilton he was like the original rich boy wanting to be in the crowd of famous people wanting to be you know caught on camera you know holding the hand of you know madonna or something like that and that's just who he was so we saw him as a spoiled brat trust fund baby who got by and got some handouts and got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of help from daddy. And, but other people see him as the underdog who defied all odds and is fighting for us and people, everyone's against him and he has it so rough. It, it, it can't be like, it, it can't be more apart the views between how I see it and how some close friends see the same person. It's to me, it's mind blowing. It I is. Just, I try to be like, ah, right, you know, what, what am I going to do? But, you know, maybe I got some friends that are flat earthers too. Like, what could I do if people <laughs> are into that? Yeah. But it's just so weird. I'd never seen the country as divided as it is now. And if people don't say, hmm, what changed? Like, why are we all at each other's throats right now? And they can't say, it's this guy? I don't know what they, what, what else could it be? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I mean, I agree. I think he's exaggerated it. I think he's a symptom of of things that have uh, been going on since probably the the Newt Gingrich days and and when he was Speaker of the House during Clinton's administration. Um, where I think, to from a positive standpoint, I think what hopefully you'll see is one of two things in, in mm-hmm. the future is is that our federal government doesn't become such a brinkmanship game um, of of chess, um, and people actually start to have some bipartisanship to get along. Um, which we can talk more in depth of that if you want to, but you may also see, and you've seen, and if you pay attention to politics and are really into public administration, like I am, you see more progressive policies being put in place by state and local officials. And I think if the federal government continues down the path that it uh, it is right now, um, my hope is that people will continue to stay engaged and, and get engaged in their state and local government races. Because th- though they've been important since the beginning of time, they're even more important now um, when the federal government isn't being as progressive or innovative, depending on what side of the aisle you lean on. If they're not pushing policies through and getting things done, um, someone else has to. And I think that mayors and um, state officials have, have filled that void um, for the past few years and gone very unnoticed. Um, so I, I really do think that's the future if the federal government can't figure out a way to get along. Hmm. Do you think that uh, getting rid of lobbyists would help? 
I'm not sure how to answer that one. I, I, I would have to, no, I don't know how to answer that. I think reforming the ability that lobbyists have, the, the ability that money has on the public officials themselves. I think lobbying from nature, because you can be lobbying on something that is very pop. Well, you can be lobbying on either, either side of the aisle, but mm. where money gets involved in and in, in campaign finance gets involved um, and things like that, that I'm not as informed on, that's where lobbying becomes a problem. Uh, mm. You want to lobby against uh, tobacco that which has been successful. I would argue that's great. That promotes the health of, of the American people. Um, you know, you want to lobby for your second right amendments. That's fine. But what those lobbying firms do to get those policies passed, I feel is a little bit immoral. Is there any way to take money out of lobbying efforts? Like, I mean, is, is it a sort of a game of, you know, how's it work in Washington? Is it kind of just, payoffs like 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 civilians assume it is um no it's it's, it has to be if it is it's much more cryptic than that and like i said i've never worked in the legislative arena um congress has completely separate laws than the federal or state and local governments have uh so the laws that bureaucrats have to follow Mm -hmm. um are are different than than what congress people have to follow and i'm not not informed or well-versed in that um i can tell you any bureaucrat at any local state federal level can't even take a dollar from anybody visiting so um you know that's uh, that's grounds for automatic termination mm-hmm. um whereas uh, a congressional representative can certainly take money um because they're campaigning every two six years um so they can get money through that how about this for an idea a cap on what you are allowed to use to to uh, campaign and 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 run for like during election like yeah would that help or or would that would that make no difference in your opinion i don't know that would make much of a difference um i don't know i I really don't don't think it would make an enormous difference what i would love to see happen is two people get up and have a debate whether it's at your local state or federal level and and just talk policy and don't don't talk antics um have a have a straight policy debate um, How was that fir- first debate? What do you think of that first debate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absurd. I, I, I you know, had a long conversation with one of our friends after that debate and, and tried to they, explain They watched the same debate and they probably thought he did great, right? They thought Trump was probably brilliant in that, in that debate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they thought that Joe Biden, <laughs> what I kept hearing is Joe Biden didn't do great. And I was like, well, Joe Biden didn't have the opportunity to do well. Um, it was clear from that debate that the strategy was to not allow Joe Biden to talk because the entire Trump campaign has been based off of this man's been in his basement the whole time. He's senile. And if they let him talk, they would know he has a stuttering problem, but he, he can articulate and relate to the American person, the average person. Um, so that, that was obviously the strategy was to suppress that opportunity for you to really get to know Joe Biden, um, three weeks out from the election. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was embarrassed by that as, as many people were. How about the second debate? How do you think uh, that went down? The this the third debate, the second, the non-existent debate because he got COVID. Um, you know, the the second yeah, time the, they the met, last one. Yeah, I, I think you know some of the things that the the president said was was absurd. He mentioned um, that he was the least racist person in the room okay. while being ten feet away from a woman of color um, conducting that debate. Um, so I found that 
yeah, that, that was baffling. Now, how does uh, his, his supporters like let him get away with that or just saying, I know ISIS better than anyone in the world. I know nuclear weaponry better than nuclear scientists. Yeah, how do they man. not be like, man, what the fuck is this? I like this dude. Why is he acting like this all the time? Like, why? Don't, yeah, I, I wish I had the answer for you. I wish I did. Mind blowing. Now, yeah. let's talk about the debate, that second debate or the, the final debate. I mean, did or did Joe Biden not lie about fracking? So he, I, I don't know exactly what his line was. I, I believe he's changed positions on fracking and he, he needed to, um, you know, politically. Um, well, he was, he didn't say he changed position. He just said, I never said that I would stop fracking. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not true. I believe that there's video out there of him saying that. Um, yeah, like, do you think he just forgot that? Like, how do these guys, like... No, I... I would be like, yeah, I said that. Listen, change my policy about X, Y, Z. You know, it's going to happen sometimes. I'm getting, I got some surrounded by experts. I'm being updated constantly. Why do they just like, they're looking at pointing into the camera with like, like when they do stuff like that, it's, it's kind of like, oh man. Yeah. No, I've always found that interesting. I know that, you know, I'm not a politician, so I'm not in the room with the experts, but if I were, that's the politician I would want to be is, is. And at least the politician I would want to elect, right, is someone that's able to, one, take ownership over mistakes, but two, you want to be kind of like malleable, right? Like you want to be able to change. You don't want to be the same politician with the same ideas that you had 40 years ago. You want to be able to move um, with the environment that you're working within. Um, Mm. And, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, he didn't say that. Um, Yeah, there's some key things that just blow my mind. Like even Fauci, when Fauci said masks don't work at one time, I remember thinking like, masks don't work like what the fuck is this dude talking about why would he say that and then later on it's they're using it against them and it's like why don't like the democrats are really bad at understanding how the other side will attack them and they just open themselves up constantly man it's they need some kind of war games minister in their camp because they lose that you know when it comes to that stuff they constantly lose in my opinion just right yeah, but also Joe Biden has not um, been the best debate performer in his history. That's just no. not where he excels. But I feel like he, a chimpanzee could house Trump in a debate. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. people say, oh, yeah. this guy's so clever and he's witty, I'm like, what? This guy's like, it's like right. a fifth grader up there. Like, you, yeah. you could visibly just like get him right. flustered with, you know, the, the slightest thing. His comebacks right. are ridiculous. He's, his, you know, his strong points are just him saying fantastic, beautiful, or terrific, you know, and then his people think that's, that's a great point. My healthcare is terrific. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. What is it? Yeah. Right. Oh, it's good to be the best. Best Non-existent. Right. Yeah. The guy's a fucking clown. I I just, but I don't, you know, I, I, I'm getting, getting a feeling you're a Biden guy, and I know you got a lot of power. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Against I Biden, got but no, no I just, power. No I just power. Don't, I don't want to get clipped in the middle of the night, but I don't like no, Biden no, no. either, man. I just don't like him. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel yeah, like I mean, I'm in a real bad situation where I got to do things I don't want to do. And uh, Well, you definitely, I, I, would, I, would, I would tell you to do things you don't want to do for sure. Everyone, that, hopefully if this gets out Tuesday morning, everyone that hasn't voted. Yes. Uh, Every, I please, think you're right. Do. Everybody's got to vote. Hundred percent. If this was a normal time, I would say fuck it. Don't even bother voting. These guys are clowns. But it's not a normal time. It's not. It's not. And yeah. it, it, like the you know the revisionist kind of history that eight years under Biden and Obama were horrible. 
that's just not how I remember them. And they weren't that long ago. And and people say my 401k, my four, my 401k has been dope since I started working. So I don't know what you losers all of a sudden you're doing good. (laughs) Really? It took you this long to make a couple bucks. I've been making money since day one under all of these guys. Right. Granted under George Bush jr. Stuff got a little hard, Yeah. but from Obama's eight years and I could, I could give you a list of why I don't like Obama and some of the things in his administration, but I'm not going to rewrite history and say those eight years were hard times or we were at each other's throats or there were anything like these last four years because they just weren't. And if yeah, we could get back to that, to me, that's worth voting for. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason why you feel like we weren't at each other's throats is because that executive administration didn't promote that. Um, no, cause, no, it, cause in Congress they were, and that's a lot of the reason why people, uh, from a policy standpoint, don't, don't agree with the Obama administration is they couldn't get anything done because um, mm-hmm. they were dealing with the uh, opposite party Congress that wouldn't pass any bills, wouldn't take any Supreme Court nominees, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, when he could pass an executive order that was legal, he would do it. And, and certainly people disagree with it. He'd get crucified it. for it. He'd get crucified for it. But then you've got, you know, just to compare, like factually, you've got this president that's really honestly doing the same thing because Congress is still divided. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's putting executive orders through and a lot of them are going through the courts and getting shut down. Um, so Now, it's funny because in the beginning of, of uh, Trump's administration, he had, he had Congress. He had the Senate. But he didn't really make a lot of moves early on. Did you find that odd? Yeah, it's tough to do because you, what some people may not know is that you're always, and this is for federal government and for Congress, you're always working on last year's budget, right? Mm. So, so right now, uh, the country just on October 1st went into fiscal year 2021. Fiscal year 2021's budget was created in 2019, towards the end of 2019. Do you think they planned for COVID-19 in that budget? No. So you've got all these different uh, environmental factors pulling and pushing. Um, and you're dealing, you know, when a new administration comes in, if Biden wins, he's going to have to deal with from January till November, or excuse me, January till October of a Trump budget. Um, gotcha. Okay. So that's a, I mean, that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. You'd have to rearrange the, the, what the, what's in the budget and where it's going. There's a lot of intricacies in that. Um, but the house of representatives owns, owns the, uh, the, the budgetary process. Um, See, that's why I got you on. Cause no, no all you <laughs> dummies at home don't know that. Now, you know, yeah. Yeah. So the president, yeah. President sends over a budget. Taught you, you know, schooled you on that. Yeah. They, they send over president sends the budget. Congress gets oversight and Congress has been Democrat um, obviously for the last two years. So that's where you see that kind of uh, division there. And then a lot of Trump's um, inability to get things done is from an executive order standpoint, he's pushing them through, but they're not necessarily all legal. Um, and from a budget standpoint, he couldn't get them approved. Mm, okay. So that's why maybe early on Trump didn't make some of the bigger moves. Like I thought it seemed like he finally started his work on his build that wall, all that bullshit. It, it seemed like he finally started it after they lost uh, the Congress. Yeah. And yeah. Cause like, the first weird time. around like, the first year. Yeah. He was dealing with a, uh, Obama approved oh, gotcha. budget. Um, yeah. Do you want a fun fact about Donald Trump? Let's hear it. He's one year older than his wife's mother. Jeez. What a pig. What a what disgusting pig. <laughs> Wild, wild, wild. 
what a wild, wild world we live in. Sometimes I wake up in DC and I'm, yeah, this I have to remind shot, myself bro. that, yeah, that, no, I, I, I agree to disagree. I get where your point's at. Um, I, oh, I do, a, you know, he's a positive guy. I like that. I like positive that. guy. I think, you know, our country is dealt with, you know, I was telling a, a good friend of ours, Michael Day. Uh, he, he said the same thing. And I said, our, you know, our country has been through worse and, and, you know, our presidents, Woodrow Wilson, you know, put some great policies in place, piece of shit human being, um, you know, we can keep going back in, in history of, of terrible, um, immoral presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, although our founders, I think were, were awful human beings um, and the way they treated people that weren't white and rich, um, you know, they created a very strong structure of government that I hope will, will outlast uh, Donald Trump, will outlast the next president and so on. Now, can one man really upend this whole system? Is that possible? I, I'd like to think not. I think they can upend foreign affairs. They I can think, upend I trust think guy, in the I government. I think this guy can, can bring us the downfall, man. I'm telling <laughs> Like people say, oh, there's always these racist people around. Yeah, but like, okay, you're walking sure. through a, a dry-ass forest, right? Right. And you're walking, you're minding your own business, you're trying to be clean, Okay. Cool. The forest is good. Now you're walking through the forest and you're smoking cigarettes and you're dropping them all over and you're lighting matches and just throwing them on the ground. That's what he's kind of doing. Yes, America is this forest that's filled with all the types of, of living creatures and dry-ass old wood and sphagnum moss and, and doves and deer. But this guy is walking through there so recklessly he's igniting all this dry-ass old shit that we haven't heard about in a while and he's bringing it to the front. I mean, we have a president who on his Twitter, he reposts, he reposts the guy saying white power on his Twitter account. And that alone didn't everybody I knew that likes him, that made no difference to them. Not one bit. They didn't, they, no, well, he took it down. They took it down. Yeah. Of course he took it down. I mean, but how is it possible that he even put it up without getting heat? Like where? No, no, absolutely. You can get canceled on the hardcore scene faster than you can get shut down as the president of the United States. Tell me about it. That's wild. I I try to keep Um, everything our drummer does total secret. Otherwise we'd be (laughs) done years ago. Angel Luke. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, another four years is is, is incredibly detrimental in my opinion. Um, From a federal governance standpoint, the president took away, um, diversity and inclusion training for for all federal agencies um, in, a, in an executive order. Um, he has just put in, and it hasn't been approved yet, I don't think, for the federal government to get a separate section of employees that will be um, what he calls a Schedule F employee. So instead of being a civil servant, which affords you all these rights based off of the Constitution and federal employment law, these employees would be able to be fired at will. Um, so I, what, what that puts a lot of fear in a lot of people's minds that really study and admire um, bureaucracy and, and public service. Um, because imagine if a, a secretary of health and human services can just fire a Dr. Fauci because he disagrees with the president, um, how dangerous that would be for the country. So things like that would be incredibly detrimental. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, getting rid of one of the protections of democracy, really. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but for some reason, the spin is, I mean, we could we could see how they play it. The spin is totally different. Like his people yeah. will think it's a good thing. 
No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mind blowing, man. And as we come to the date, I, a long time ago, I said this, and then now I'm starting to hear other people say it win or lose. I don't think Trump leaves. Is that a possibility that he actually loses simply says this was rigged. It's fixed. I'm not going anywhere. I really won. Yeah. I don't, um, as much as, as it would stoke up the controversy and get more, more listens for this. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's possible. I heard, uh, uh, Jotham talk about that on, on the pod the other, a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, I, I just don't think that happened. I think what could happen is he would say he wants the courts to review it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he may not accept it until later, much later until a court gives, a, a their findings and he may still disagree with it, but accept it. Um, but no, he's not going to on you think whatever he the, the personality that he could just accept it and step aside. Well, I think he'll accept it in Donald Trump, D- Donald Trump's terms and his demeanor uh, in the same way that um, he says it is what it is mm-hmm. that hundreds of thousands of people have died from COVID um, and people have lost their jobs. I think he'll, he'll have that same uh, perspective and he's, he's been setting it up for months in regards yeah. to voter fraud. He's been planning for this. Um, 100%. Not that he's planning to lose, but he's planning to, to not he's planning to have an out. If he does yeah, lose absolutely. a, a go to, this absolutely. is exactly what I told you would happen. Absolutely. Now, according to our other connect, our other plug from the Pentagon, they tell us the Pentagon is split right down the middle. Yeah. I'd imagine. And half love this guy. Like he's sent from God. He's the Christian savior and half think he's a fucking mama Luke that needs to go. So what, I mean, the potential for catastrophe, if he simply says, this is fake news. I really won. I'm not going anywhere. I don't see how they get rid of him. Like it could cause mayhem. It could cause potential civil war, but you don't see that, huh? No, I don't. I, I just don't see that from a practical standpoint. I don't see that from a strategic standpoint. Um, Trump is has gonna is gonna do things that benefit his name. Maybe not necessarily him. Well, losing run. does not benefit his name. But, but here's what this is. This is the the, the tough conversation that I'm gonna speak as I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of uh, talk that I've heard about Ivanka running for president one day. Now, if he stays in that office and, and, and acts like that and the military has to take him out because that's what will have to happen. Um, only, you know, if, only if the military is in agreement that he needs to go, which I don't think The military takes an takes a oath of office just like all federal employees to – But what if they actually believe he's being ripped off? Then they believe the, they're patriots doing the right thing. Yeah, they, I mean that's a, it's a tough dynamic. I, 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 he – if this were to play out like that, that would be a decision by the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court of the United States. And then forget it. The, he wins if it's up to them. Possibly. <laughs> You're yeah, right, yeah. Donald. You got ripped yeah. off. Days possibly. Off. Yeah, but if the Supreme Court says that, that he lost, um, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about, and I don't want to throw this word out there, but you're talking about treason by whoever mm-hmm. protects him in that office. Uh, because I the Supreme know. Court, yeah, the Supreme Court of the United States says that he lost. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. And we'll know, we'll know way before inauguration day, what his reaction and plan is. So are you watching, are you watching all these States closely? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a weekend long class from nine to five 
Um, I take one weekend class each semester and I'm glad it was this weekend. So I didn't have to watch the news. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, from what I've seen, it's nerve wracking. Um, now, could I ask you, which, where were you born? I was born in Boston, but I grew up my whole life in North Carolina. Okay. So let's say Massachusetts, it's a given it's going to Biden. True or sure. false? Now, North Carolina, hmm. where's that going? That's a, that's a toss up. Is it legitimately a toss-up? If so, that's a. It, just to say it's a toss-up is humiliating right. for Trump. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Biden polls. Let me see. In, in North Carolina, I, I think they're way closer than than what they were for Hillary. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Biden. It's a toss-up in Florida. I mean, and, and Biden's up in in Pennsylvania, I believe, by a couple points. Now, how um, is this? How how are we to trust these polls when 2016? gave us just completely inaccurate information. So that's a great point. And I think 2016 had environmental factors that you mentioned earlier, specifically mm-hmm. the, the uh, Comey release of, of information about Hillary Clinton. But you saw, I mean, from the last week of that, during the last week preparing for the election day, you saw the polls start shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think there were enough polls being done. Well, not, not enough, but I just think that you know, understandably so. There weren't polls continuously being done um, every minute up until the election. Um, and you also saw people that just weren't engaged, that got engaged because they thought Hillary was a crook. You, you know, you saw people that were kind of embarrassed yeah. to support Donald Trump after the Access Hollywood tapes come out, so they weren't answering those polls. Um, yeah, there's a, there was a lot of factors involved with that that I think Good made stuff. this okay. different. Yeah, that is that's true. So you think could this Hunter Biden laptop stuff be similar? No, I don't no? think so. That's not um, nearly as is as believable as the head of the FBI. Code. No, my my fear is that that what this will do is rile up a base that maybe wasn't as engaged before. Um, but I don't think that's going to turn people that dislike Donald Trump to Donald Trump. I think the 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 ratio of undecided voters is slim to none. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah. I, I agree with that. Now, you said, you know, it's a toss-up here, it's a toss-up there. I'm hearing it's a possible toss-up in Texas. Is that true? Yeah, that is wild. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, from what I've read, the Democrats have been working really hard in Texas. You know, you look at the Beto O'Rourke um, mm. when he was running. You know, that, that was closer than people thought. Oh, that's um, true, yeah. You know, so, and, you, and you've got people moving too, right? Like, you've got people that are leaving California because it's so expensive are moving to places like Houston and Austin. And, and these progressive people are moving um, to, to these formerly Republican-owned um, states. And, and unfortunately for the Republicans, I think their tent is so small um, that people, you know, those, those states are going to start turning blue um, eventually. You know, I was in Utah a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago. Yeah. And that's always a red state, right? Yeah, yeah. Might not be now, anymore, though. I was driving around. I drove from all over Salt Lake, all the way up to Park City, all neighborhoods. I saw one, only one Trump sign in all of Utah. I was shocked. And I saw a lot of Biden signs. Now, where I live here, you see a mix, but majority is Trump. And I just know yeah. that they're more passionate uh, followers right. anyway. Like, I'm, I would never put a sign up of who I'm voting for in my yard. But people around here actually have a, a banners of, of Donald Trump holding an M60 draped in an American flag. It's it's almost like anti-American, like uh, 
ISIS level, like Islamic state kind of treatment of the president as if he's like, you know, it's so weird. But I was shocked to see that in Utah, one Trump sign. And I always keep an eye out for that stuff. Did Utah have a chance of going blue? Um, I don't know. You, you want to know why I think that is? Is I, I think that is it because they lot. assume like we're a Republican state, we don't need to do that, and PA no, is no, like no, no, absolutely not. I think you know the senator out there and uh, is Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney voted to, if I'm not mistaken, remove the president after he was impeached by the House. Um, Mitt Romney's been one of the biggest Republican critics in the Senate of the president. Um, so for him to be the state's senior senator. Uh, and used to be the face of the Republican Party against Barack Obama, um, mm. speaking out like that, you know, and in that the Upper West got hit pretty hard with COVID um, at the beginning, and and you know I don't know what the job market looks like out there now or what their cases look like, but that coupled with a Republican senator speaking out against the president, I'm sure doesn't help. Now the argument when you say COVID, people will just say, "Listen, Donald Trump shut down flights from China." Uh, what else could he have done? What else do you want him to do? When he did that, he was called a racist by Biden. Nancy Pelosi was dancing in the streets of Chinatown to show that it was safe. Like Trump did the right thing. Are they not wrong when they say that, that that was the right thing to do? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that I think they're wrong saying that. Okay. Um, I think when you look at things in the bigger picture, and I don't mean to answer this kind of like a politician, but you know, uh, my question would be, why did he shut that down? Mm-hmm. And the reason would be justified because of how dangerous this and lethal this virus is. If that's the case, why didn't he do more? Why didn't he sound the alarm? Why didn't he inform the American people? My um, friend, so that alone, thank you for right? logic. Right. Thank you for right. simple logic. So for <laughs> the people that love him and say this is a hoax and not serious, but then point to him shutting down the flights because he potentially thinks it's very serious, I always say, don't you see what you're doing in your head? Yeah, don't you? yeah. It's- it's wild. I mean, the Bob Woodward, I don't know if anyone, if you haven't listened to the Bob Woodward interviews, um, you know, Donald Trump admits, you know, yeah. months ago how dangerous very deadly, this is. Very deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly dangerous this is and didn't, didn't tell anybody. Uh, and you know what? When yeah. he says I shut down flights, I almost don't have, like, what did you do to shut down flights? You just said it because when he said he shut down flights from Europe, okay, when Italy was going crazy later yeah. on after the Chinese thing, my niece lives there right yeah. and we were like okay you got to come back and but oh no i can't trump shut down flights give it a shot okay yeah, she no, bought they a were ticket. good to go yep she, bought a ticket. she got on a plane you're on a plane now did it take off yet it's taking off soon anybody stop you getting on a plane no nah, nobody said nothing okay i'm thinking man when she gets to new york it's a no-brainer they're not going to let her off they're going to do some quarantine she gets off the plane what happened nothing nobody said anything <laughs> to me i was like did you know Nobody got questions. He's like, no, we just all went off and went our separate ways. And most of the flight was Italians in the in the midst of like Italian getting hit hard. That's why I'm like, I think he just goes on TV and says I'm going to do something, and then thinks ever somebody behind him is going to enact the policy. Yeah. You know. Well, he speaks before policies are actually implemented. So yeah. then the federal government, that's already slow moving by nature, and is already always ten steps behind because of red tape and and federal laws that they have to uh, navigate through. Uh, he announced that without actually really uh, flushing yeah. out the policy. And that's an international policy. Like you have to uh, communicate with your international allies and uh, even adversaries about 60, that. 60,000 60, Chinese came in after he said Jesus. we, we yeah. stopped the flight. Yeah. And I mean, it was another nuts. thing that my, uh, 
our connection from the Pentagon told us one time there was beef early on his administration. He had some beef with North Korea before they became like best friends. And he said he's sending a sub and aircraft carrier up there. And the guy I know in the Pentagon is scrambling and all of the people there because they know nothing about it. And yeah. they're thinking that the Navy is now doing something on their own and the whole chain of command, everybody's going bananas. It turns out it was just him talking. He just nothing. And, but countless man hours wasted and money wasted to try to figure out what's going on for about a day and a half, just because the Trump decided to tweet that he's sending aircraft carriers and submarines to North Korea. Yeah. Oh. No, a party of people that are very understandably. So very aligned with decreasing taxes and wanting their taxpayer money to be put to good use. Uh, it's a good example of, of the exact opposite. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you got North Carolina, you think is a toss up. What is a sure thing for Trump? What, at what important state with a lot of electoral votes is, an, is a sure thing for Trump? I think he's got to win Florida. I mean, Do you I think, think he, he will to. though? I have no idea. I mean, this, we're in such a, I think he's got to win such, Florida easy. There's so many nut yeah. cases down there. <laughs> I, we, uh, um, yeah, I think it's just, we're in such uncharted territories with COVID, um, you know, cases are going up astronomically mm. so that, you know, think about how many people are getting COVID that now can't go vote and they didn't, maybe they didn't put in their mail-in ballots in time or their state didn't give them enough time to get in their mail-in ballots. Um, you know, there's, there's so many, um, variables that come into play these next two days that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be losing sleep. Um, if you had the power right now that you could say, they said, listen, uh, the president comes to you, Derek, it's your call. Do we keep the electoral college or do we get rid of it? What do you say? Ooh, good question. So here's my answer is ever evolving and will evolve with the times. My fear with removing the electoral college is as, and we made this may change with COVID and working from home, you know, and, and white collar positions may change everything, but these metropolitan areas that are so densely populated What's to keep a president from only promoting policies and ideas that represent those cities in D.C., in New York City, in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Houston, Dallas, Miami-Dade County, and, and doesn't have a tent that reaches the broader, the broader scope, right? Like, yeah. if it's just popular vote, you know, although I may disagree with the rural policies that are, that, that are being promoted by, by people that live in rural areas, um, you know, they deserve representation as well. They do, but it's kind of like that. Nobody lives there. Like, you know what I mean? They barely <laughs> like, you know, you got like 10 million people on, uh, on the Island of Manhattan. And then we, uh, we got to like worry about 40 motherfuckers spread over a 350 square mile area of Minnesota. Something like, yeah, I mean, no, no. Ridiculous. <laughs> no, I hear you, but that's, like, I mean, we got to represent the people, like give them a vote. It's almost like, don't even bother voting. If you live in California or New York city. It's, it's yeah. really weird. It, it is wild. But I mean, that's where you see mayors coming in. You know, the mayor, I forget the mayor's name in Philly. Um, you know, the, the federal government wouldn't, wouldn't really help out in regards to, I think it was pre-K. He mm -hmm. was trying to promote free pre-K for all the citizens in Philly. So three and four-year-olds could get free education before they go to kindergarten. Um, so he said, screw it. He said, the federal government's not going to help and give me funding for it. So he implemented uh, like a small tax on sugary drinks and yeah, he used right. that money to pay so every kid gets two extra years of education in their most 
uh, formative years at three and four years old um, because the federal government couldn't step in and, and help them out. That's um, why Pennsylvania has the smartest cit- citizens in the world. People don't realize that's why that. Zach Barone's so smart down there. Is well, we, yeah, well he has head injuries. Well, he's exempt. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Listen, man, this is some crazy shit. Now, can I get, you know, we talked about, I want to throw another state out. How important is Pennsylvania in this election? Enormous. Enormous. Um, Mm. You know, enormous. I think that they should start campaigning it and have events at Reverb um, and be speaking to the people. Um, You've been to Reverb? Many times. You sure you want those people voting? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Everybody. Man, if every if, if that's the scary part is every single American citizen that was le- legally a citizen and 18 years old um, was able to vote in the easiest way possible for them, that's true representation. So mm. you know the real talk about electoral college and all that—that's you know that's important conversations to have. But uh, I think what's more important is making sure that every single person, no matter how much money they make, what they look like, um, has access to voting. Now we've been to, we talked a lot about politics and I mentioned earlier real quick, you're a hardcore dude. Sure. Are you shocked to see how many people from the scene are Trump groupies? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, what, what, what attracted me and, and keeps me involved in hardcore is community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, that means a lot of the ideals that, you know, not just Democrats uh, uh, purport, you know, independence, but just communities about looking out for those, you know, that, you know, that, that are smaller than you in the hardcore scene. You know, you're not going to let a girl be abused or, or, or get beat up in the pit or, or you're not going to let a smaller dude get bullied at a hardcore show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's, it's unconscionable to me to see, um, you know, some hardcore people that grew up that are truly hardcore people through and through um, support some policies that um, are really detrimental to underserved populations. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden the One Life Crew is their favorite band. It's like that's the only example we really had in the scene of like this. Uh, and the singer One Life Crew, he is like the, he loves Donald Trump. He has like a a Cadillac hooked up all trumped out. He's got like a bobblehead tr- Donald Trump, like right there. That tells you, come on, man. Jeez. Yeah, you, you, you'd be surprised. You, I mean, you'd be surprised. That's, Can you I call mean, some people out? Could you call uh, some no, Trump? I'm not calling on. anybody. I'm not calling <laughs> anybody out. But all you gotta do is go to Instagram, see who see no, who I follows know, the real Donald Trump. I watch these dudes. I know I see yeah. them following Q, following Ivanka, following Trump Jr. grinding his crackhead teeth. Jesus, yeah. Listen, Crazy. Hunter's not the only crackhead out there. Look at Trump yeah. Jr. Don't you, you don't fool me, Trump Jr. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you're no. geeking out over there. You drug addict. <laughs> what a waste of life. You know, I feel like I'd be a great president, man. Like I'd be like. This could be the start. This could be the start. This could either make or break um, both both of our future political endeavors. Yeah, just like the reading part of it. You know, that's like if I had a guy like you with me, maybe be my vice and you do all the reading and I just go up there, look good, tell a couple jokes, win the votes, kiss some babies. And then when they say, oh, what about this? I say, oh, Derek, we'll talk to you about that. I got to go. I got a big dinner to go to. And boom, and you go, you show them the policy. Everybody loves us. Those were, those were the days when that actually happened. It's too late for me, D. I'm in the construction business. It's not too late for you. You could do it. I could be your guy, too. I could be like an underground guy, you know? We'll I could see, organize we'll the unions. I could kind of like rough them up, make sure they vote for you, you know, take some money, force the guys to give me a percentage of their, their, their checks so you could have some money to campaign on. We could really do this good, I think. There we go. There we go. Well, yeah, I never say never. But that's, I, already, I said too much, I think, about our plan. <laughs> 
All right, homie, listen, I appreciate it because you know what you're talking about. People are going to be home. The, the groupies are going to hear you and they say, what about this? What about that? Whatever. They, you should have came on the show then. If you had any clout, yeah, I would yeah. have had you on. Just yeah, like, they you can, they can re- yeah, they can all reach out to you um, or DM the Post America podcast. They, they can call me. Yeah. We can talk. And you know, I'd love to get you back on while we had a uh, baboon on here because but baboon here, he knows the stuff. He's a little too left wing though. He's a little too left. Is he? Is he? That's okay. Ah. A fair mix. That's a fair, yeah. Yeah. Every everyone's ideas are important unless they come from that bullshit racism and yeah, xenophobia yeah. and all that. No, I like it all. I like the conservatives, I like the, the liberals, but yeah, I don't like I don't like racist, I don't like closet racist and it's just it's to be a racist now if you're a Trump supporter, I mean you have to like use the N word or hang somebody. Otherwise they're like, no, no, he, he never said the N word. Oh God, what do you got to do around here? Yeah, they're like, wild. Oh, before he was president, he, only then was he cons- accused of being a racist. No, he wasn't. He was accused back in the day. Many times. DOJ sued out of court settlements for racial discrimination before he was president. You wake up before you support the guy and don't say dumb statements like that. Do your homework before you say he was never accused. Yeah, he was find a new thing to die on and a new meme to put up on your fucking goofy Facebook post. These people, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say the name of the guy you're talking about, the Trump group you're talking about. I don't know if we're talking I about the same say. one, but I, I can let you know. Nah, I know. I know who you're talking about. You talk about some real, <laughs> real handsome looking motherfuckers. I bet you. Oh, I, they, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we still love, we can see, we still got love though. Right. We do. We do. Our people are our people. So it's all good. And even yeah. if you vote for Trump, we still love you, baby. We're just hoping that, you know, listen, I, if Trump wins, the good thing is I get to like laugh at everybody as the country's burning down and say, I told you so. And I love that. I love saying, I told you so, you dummy. That, so that could be just as, you know, a good of a feeling as Trump losing. So either way, I win the way I see it. So we'll hope for the best. And you're, how about the last thing? Are you allowed? Because you're still you're still a mysterious guest. Are you allowed <laughs> to give us a prediction? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking Let's as a it. citizen, yeah, Let's yeah no. Um, you know, I, I think Biden wins. I, I think, you know, I can't help but think that because I'm hopeful. Um, but, but I listen, think put that, that up, put that to the side. No hopeful. Sure. Be a machine right now. Be a, a MacBook mm-hmm. twenty nine. Tell me what you think. Yeah, no, I think I think Biden wins. I think what Trump has done is has created a really loyal base, but at the same time, he's gotten a lot of people engaged against him. Um, so it doesn't matter that they may not be engaged for Biden and may not be flying flags of Biden in their yard. I can tell you that people that aren't flying Trump flags most likely don't support Donald Trump. Um, so I think that, that will be the result, and um, mm. we'll yeah, see. You know, you just said something that made me think. People that aren't flying Trump flags probably don't support Donald Trump. Wow. Yeah, because when you do see a a big eruption of signs in certain areas, you know, you probably see 20% of the houses have signs. It appears like a lot. Yeah, most likely if they, I mean, it seems his supporters are like cult level people. But then again, the ones that we, we love, the ones that we know personally that like him, would they put his flags up? No, but I don't know that, you know, some of them, some of them may not, may not even show up. I've heard that they, they're not too happy right now either uh-huh. with, with the president. Uh-huh. So they may not vote at all, which I don't support either. Um, all right. But, well, listen, I was thinking Trump would win. I, I'm thinking he's going to win. And I think that if he doesn't win, 
he pulls that gimmick I said earlier where, you know, he sticks around and he says he got ripped off and he's, you know, working hard for us. But we'll see how it plays out. And if possible, if this does go to the courts and it gets very sketchy and very crazy, if you could come back on after Election Day when we see how it plans out and give us some idea of what's going on because you kind of cleared up certain things that I never even knew about. I, I didn't know things worked, so to speak, like like you explained to me, and I thought I knew a lot of stuff. So I bet there's going to be a lot of confusion if this thing goes into the courts and people are going to be like, what the fuck are they fighting about? Like, why don't they just know how many votes there are? You know what I mean? Yep. yep. So maybe we might have to we might have to have you back on within like uh, maybe two weeks or something. Let me know. I'm here. I'm here. Um, last thing is everyone, everyone out there should mask up. It's getting dangerous. Yeah, it is for real, man. People dropping, getting very sick. And uh, you good? You being good? Everybody's happy? Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, everything's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, very blessed. Uh, blessed and stressed for the next two days. But blessed November 3rd, hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll take out the stress. See that? You heard it here. This is a cool guy. Blessed and stressed. You don't hear no Drake saying cool shit like that. <laughs> Only my man. So check it out. Anything else you want to say, my friend? No, no, absolutely not. Everyone stay safe. You know, seriously, mask up if not for yourself, for the people next to you. All right. I'm going to let you go. Do your thing. All right. See you, Richie. Thanks. All right, man. Peace. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, Get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!